Hi, Ms. Renee. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to talking about your job as a professional musician. But before we do, we're going to dive into young you. Okay. What were you like when you were 13? When I was 13, I was extremely shy. I had just gotten my first drum set. I lived down on the river in Milwaukee with my family. And I was into taekwondo and I had several girlfriends that I hung out with and you know, we just had Monopoly marathons and just it was totally geeky. I was in band in school. I started performing when I was in fifth grade. I mean, in fifth grade you're asked, well back then you were asked what you wanted to do in band. They asked you what instrument you wanted to play. So they just came around and asked. So I was chose drums and so at 13 I was listening to all kinds of music, you know, bands that I liked and uh, hanging out, just being a 13-year-old, being sassy to my parents. Actually, I wasn't too bad. I wasn't too bad. I was. My dad bought me my first drum set. So. so what were some of the like classes you enjoyed? In school? Yeah. Band, band, and band. It was pretty much, um, you know, I was in, so at, at, at 13, you're, you're still in middle school, so I was in middle school band, and we had a really great band teacher, and we played. So I was on everything from timpani to you know snare drum, bass drum, all the kind of orchestral instruments. But we played some like some little rock tunes, you know. And because I just had my first drum set, I really didn't know what I was doing on there. So I was just kind of listening to music and bashing away and at things in my basement. So <laughs> I kind of took over the basement. I used to sleep down there with my drum set because I loved it so much. So. Did 13-year-old you want to be a drummer when you grew up? I didn't know that I would be that, I think. At 13, you don't really know what you're... I mean, I know I loved music and I surrounded myself with it, but I also loved animals. I always thought I'd be a veterinarian because I'm a... And, you know, fast forward now, I'm a, I'm, I foster dogs and, and I, I'm a dog freak. I love dogs. I have two. I don't have 20. I just am saying <laughs> I love animals and I like to help animals. So, But I also always thought back then I would be a stewardess, which they don't call them that anymore. They're called flight attendants. I thought I was going to fly, but then, yeah, that, that was short-lived. I, didn't, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I just know that, you know, I had a great family, great upbringing down in a very nice place on the river and just kind of kind of sheltered a little bit. I find it hilarious that you like call yourself a dog freak because you live in Portland and most people here are dog freaks. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I tend to be like if I see an animal in distress I just can't drive by. You know, I end up yeah. picking up animals who need help and I foster them through a, you know, a dog rescue and helped out about 10 animals. Oh, up in high school, I'm assuming you were still part of band? Yes, absolutely. Did so. you try any other instruments? Well, as a percussionist in high school, you're forced to play the bells. I mean, kind of flash back to when I was in fifth grade, when I wanted to be a drummer, you know, they came around to the band. They, they used to do this. They don't even do this. They don't even ask anymore. They don't, they just, you know, you're lucky if you have music in, in, in grade school at all, in elementary ed. And if you, if you do, it's some sort of abridged version of it. So you finally get banned in, in middle school now, which is really sad. But... In fifth grade, when they asked me, I was like, I want to play the drums. And then they handed me this bell set, like a set of bells and a practice pad, and I cried. I was like, 
where's my drum? <laughs> you know, come on, man. You know, <laughs> so so I lugged that thing around, and it was so heavy. And I just, I just remember thinking I was totally going to have one arm longer than the other arm. So, but later on in, in high school, when you when you stay in band, you know, you end up being in in symphonic band or wind ensemble or something like that. So I'm in the back of the room with a bunch of drummers, you know. But I was also in pep band, which was drum set. And I kind of fibbed to the band teacher, and I, I said, hey, because he, he, I was a good reader, I could read. And he was like, hey, you know, can you play drum set? And I said, absolutely. And I was totally lying, because I just got it, and I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Then. But So I finally took some lessons, though. My mom knew somebody whose son was actually, he's, he just passed away, and he was pretty famous in the Portland area in the music scene. So I got to take lessons with him, so... So that's when things started getting real. You know, I was like, oh, I know what I'm doing now. So I was in in all the school bands. I was in pep band, which is where I got to play a lot of 70s funk, you know, earth, wind, and fire, and, and all, you know, jazz stuff. The jazz band, which I had to argue to get into because I was a girl, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of that. She can't be... You can't play drums, you're a girl. So there's plenty of that. But my answer to all of that was, well, I'm just going to be better than all of you. And so I did that. I can't do it because I'm a girl. Too bad I'm better than you. <laughs> yeah, you just have to own it. You know, you know, and that's what I ended up doing because I was so mad because I didn't want anybody to tell me I couldn't do anything. And so I got the lessons and I got And I actually met my husband of 33. God, how many years have we been married? We got married in 1986, so long time. So I actually married one of the drummers. You know, there's a lot of time to flirt back there in the <laughs> drum section, all the cute drummer boys. But but I was in all the stuff. I was sat in the pit orchestra for for the musicals for theater, and then my husband and I were in art, and he asked me to drum in his band. So so then that's when we were playing ACDC <laughs> and all kinds of you know prog rock tunes too so So you mentioned that in middle school you were like kind of shy yes but to stand up to some of the sexism you were facing around like not being allowed to join certain parts of the band because you were a girl Mm -hmm. you probably had to be able to stand up to people so how did that kind of yes change yes well you gotta gotta remember like back in 1978 and 70 to 80s you know early 80s when when i was in high school you have to think about the women's lib movement being in the 60s it wasn't that long ago right so there was plenty of gender role identities you know girls played flutes not the drums, you know, boys played the trumpet or boys played the, you know, the masculine instruments. So, but I was also kind of a tomboy, even though I was shy when I was younger and I wore glasses. I wore these heavy glasses because I, I, I still wear contacts because I'm just, I have terrible eyes. And, and I, and I kind of looked like a boy and I just remember, you know, I was like totally flat chested, you know, people would come up to me and say, nice job, young man. I'm like, I'm a girl, you know? <laughs> so I would just kind of gently come out of my shell. But when I, once I got contacts, my, my mom surprisingly just said, we're going to get you contacts. And I was like, really? Okay. Okay. And so that helped me break out of my shell and not hide behind the glasses and my hair and because people were really hairy back then you know <laughs> so it was all feathered back you know just so and yeah so we, we once I kind of started to come out of my shell because I had a new look you know 
I got a little bit of confidence, and plus I met my, my friend. He was my friend for a really long time, and who's now my husband in the drum section, which is really rare. You know, we're high school sweethearts to be still married, but... It's not easy, but <laughs> but we, we are. But but that kind of kind of got me out of my shell. But I remember wanting to be in jazz band, and there was all the drummers that that I, I was in the group in the back of the room. They all ended up being very professional drummers. Every single one of them, because we had very strong percussion at Rex Putnam High School. And so, but I remember one guy, and he's a nice guy. I still talk to him today. But I I was clearly better than him. On, on the drum set, yet he was allowed to be in jazz band and I wasn't. And so a couple of my girlfriends in band got all kind of up in arms. They were like, ah, you know, women's lid, let's, let's go talk to the band director about this. And I was like, yeah, you know, so we kind of all ganged up a little bit. Then I was allowed in, but I, I didn't like how that felt because I felt like I was let in because I had we had to make a stink about it and not based on my merits. But in meantime, in that in that whole section of my like my freshman and sophomore year, I was getting better. I was taking lessons. I was playing in bands. I won a contest downtown mm-hmm. for a drum solo in a music store, and people were like, "Oh, well, she can really play." So I was I was already doing a fair amount of stereotype busting at the time. So I don't know. I just got kind of purposeful. I don't know. I, I just got I don't know. I just got a wild hair, and I was just tired of being told I couldn't do things. I'm a very persistent person. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I I don't know why. I just am. I think my dad was very persistent, you know. Not annoying, but sometimes. But, you know, you want to have a strong personality, and and I was just, I just felt like I just needed to stand up for myself and and for my gender, you know. It's like, I'm a female, so so what if I want to play the drums? Like, you know, why not? Yeah. It didn't make any sense to me. I'm saying a lot of things, too, yeah. so <laughs> I have a lot to say. I've written articles for Tom Tom magazine regarding it's, it's for female drummers, and, it, and it's kind of sad that we even have a, a magazine for female drummers, but it's a, yeah. it's a national, international magazine, and I've read many, many, many articles on gender and in this subject in general, so. And I mean, it is one of those things. It's one of those, like, when you think of drummers, you generally think of men and mm-hmm. like it's yeah it's definitely well, they're given more opportunities too. that's changing it's changing slowly mm-hmm. but. i actually very random but i have gone to a camp several times called rock and roll camp for girls oh yes i'm very familiar with them i have an interesting story about the rock and roll camp for girls because i taught the they have a fundraiser years ago i did this they have a fundraiser for the camp called the ladies rock and roll camp and so they have adults come in and they asked me to come in and teach at the camp. And I'm like, great, fine, great. So I got in there, and at the time, I don't know how it is now, at the time, the gals that were on staff there were, it was more like self-esteem camp for girls, you know, and, and I thought that that was good and fine, but they weren't really teaching some basic elements of music. It was more like mm-hmm. kind of punk and really fun, and like, let's just rock and let's just play. Is that kind of the vibe you had when you were there? A little bit. Yeah. I hope they changed it because when I was there, so, so some of the gals there, so it can kind of work both ways because women can keep women down and so can men because I remember walking past them once. I walked in on a one of the instructors giving some sort of lesson and, the, and they couldn't even write notation on the board. I was like, 
And so they, they got really freaked out by me just standing in the room and they pulled me aside and said so so I don't know really how to read music or to teach it or anything and so I'm like really sorry but we're like just here to have fun I'm like it's fine you know whatever but and I remember walking by some of the staff at that camp and they said oh and she's really good and she's straight too and I just thought (laughs) what is the purpose of this camp and why why is that you know so sometimes if you're a female and talented you're really intimidating to other females. So I have a million stories, so I don't want to take up all the time with all those stories. But I don't know if this is addressing any of your concerns. But yeah, in order to get where I'm getting, I have to deal with the men, but sometimes the women, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird out there. There's sort of a competition weirdo kind of feeling. So going back to your previous answer, what... Would you, what advice would you give to teenage girls who are having trouble standing up to like influences and people who are discouraging them from the naysayers? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You mean in what capacity? Just like just like if if someone who's listening is a teenager who really likes art of any sort Mm -hmm. but their parent is being like no you can't do that starving artists all the bad things focus on math focus on science become an engineer what would you I would I would yeah I I definitely have something to say about that because my parents were initially not supportive of me majoring in music at all as soon as I graduated high school I knew I wanted to like major in music so I went to CCC you know Clackamas Community College but they were like, you can't make a living. You can't make a living doing music. And I was just like really disappointed in that because I was playing in many bands at that time. And so was my husband. We were all playing in bands and we were making a little bit of money here and there. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I worked jobs, you know, all kinds of menial type of jobs. And so they were really discouraging. They said they wouldn't pay. They said, I'm not, we're not paying. You know, we have money, a little bit of money saved up for some college and we're not going to pay if if you do music. And I'm like, fine. So I... I had a backup plan. I was always told you have to have a backup plan. And that that's fine. It's, it, it is good when you choose any kind of art. The money does come later. <laughs> there is a path to that, but you have to be diverse. We'll talk about that in a minute. So I did secretarial science at Clackamas Community College. So I took shorthand and typing and, and I'm really fast, by the way, because I'm a drummer. So, <laughs> but and, and, and all the like general stuff, you know, get my generals out of the way. But I was so miserable. I was completely miserable. I hated it, but I did find jobs in offices that paid more than, you know, food industry. So I was like, okay, fine. And then I just decided I'm really, really unhappy. And I just told my parents, I'm switching my major. And there was a huge row in my house. There was like, we're not going to pay for this. And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't care. You know, but I was still living at home, you know. So I finally just changed my major and I was so happy. And later, and then I you know, took some time off and finished my, my music degree at Lewis and Clark College. But later, my mom feels really bad. She's like, we're so sorry. And here you are doing all this stuff. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, they were supportive in the beginning. And, you know, they had people telling them, family members and other people in the community saying, hey, she's pretty good, you know. Um, and then I kind of started teaching here and there, you know, on the side when I was doing all these other jobs. But when I graduated from from college even in 92, I thought, well, maybe I should just get a real job. And I sold doors and windows for 16 years. 
but I was always in bands. It was a really good good job because the, my boss was really supportive of me, just like, hey, I need to go on tour, I need to go do this and do that, and he was like, fine, because I worked really hard for him. But eventually I just stopped and started teaching privately, full-time, and it took a while to get going, but it's what I do now, among many other things, music-related. That's a long question answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I, I lived through that, and I, and I hear, so my advice, getting to this, for anyone who, uh, young, young women who are discouraged from following their dreams in the arts is, yeah, have a backup plan, but follow your dream. And don't let anybody tell you not to do it because it's, it's, it's ter- interesting because I think as a musician, you have to do, to make a living, because I was going to be a rock star, right? <laughs> I was touring up and down, releasing with my band. You know, we, we opened up for National Acts, and we opened up for, you know, some pretty famous people, but we also had, you know, playing for nobody, and it's like, oh man, somebody, that's just stupid, you know? The Portland scene was a lot different than it is now, but I think that you just have to have kind of a backup plan to, to support your music habit, and then you can finally make the break and do it. But getting an education is important. You have to diversify. You can't just do one thing. So you were very interested in, like, band and music mm-hmm. in middle school even. But how would maybe, like, a junior or a senior who just recently discovered how much they love music mm-hmm. continue on in, through this path, especially if there are people telling them, like, no, that's not. Well, they need to find an instructor. If they can afford it, they need to find an instructor. Private lessons changed my life because you have a mentor. And someone good, not someone who says that they're a teacher but has, like, no credentials. Like, preferably someone who's been referred to you, who's well-known in, in the area, you know, or a referral from a parent or someone. Also playing with other people that are better than you. So playing in bands, if you're the best one in the band, you're never going to grow. And actually taking it seriously, you know, going out to see music, what it is, it, you know, whatever art you want to do, whatever music you want to do, you need to study that. You need to see what people are doing and how are they able to make a living. For someone like me, I'm a percussion specialist, so I play drums a lot, but I also, for my music degree, I had, I was playing piano and, and stuff too, so I, I play piano and I teach piano and I play weddings, I do all of the events, but for drumming, like tonight, I'm sitting in a musical theater pit over at Lakewood. <laughs> They're doing Camelot. So I'm over there, and I'm surrounded by a drum set and other mallet instruments that I had to play. So I do that. I do the drum line. I have 25 to 30 private students that are either drums, piano, or mallet instruments. I do clinics at other schools. I have some credentials from Vic Firth, which is a huge drumstick manufacturer. I've been around a while. I'm in the school. People call me to record on the albums. People call me to whatever. I'm like, yeah, how much does it pay? I'm there. <laughs> you know, and if you do what you love, magically just money starts showing up in your bank account. As long as you don't sell yourself short. If you're good at what you do, right? Mm-hmm. So, but, the, you know, folks starting, like, if they've never had any lessons especially as a junior or senior, there's always a way to join, but just join something. <laughs> join band, join choir, join, you know, take guitar class or whatever is available to you because there's a lot available in high school if you can get in for little money. 
Lessons, lessons, lessons. <laughs> lessons, lessons, lessons. Yep, absolutely. Practice. Yeah, classic, you know, practice, practice makes perfect. Well, actually, no, practice makes better. So we don't want to do the whole perfect thing because no one's perfect. So sure. practice makes it better because, you know, that's, that's, that's the way to go. So real quick, back in high school. Mm-hmm. So math is very important to music. Yes, I hate math. <laughs> always hate that, it if I have to use it every day. Yes. That was actually part of the question. <laughs> or were there any classes that you absolutely hated taking that are very important to your everyday life? Well, I hated math, but because the teacher was a perv, they found it out later. So, like, I just didn't like him. Geometry hated that. I also didn't really care for, it was called rights and responsibilities in the teacher. It's mostly connected, not to the material, but the teacher. Because he's pretty old school. I remember he used to slam his ruler on the desk and wake everybody up and scare the bejesus out of everybody. <laughs> he can't get away with that now. It's like, you know. But I was a pretty good student. I didn't mind, you know. I liked, I liked. But math was just something that I felt like, you know, later on you realize you have to use it. Algebra is, if you, if you have this, but you have this, and you don't have this, what's this? That's life. Mm-hmm. It's life, yeah. <laughs> you know. Chess, you know, learning chess. It's like, if I do this, this is going to happen. <laughs> That's life. Chess is great. Chess is, like, I, I, yeah. I don't play it very often. Um, no, I don't. I'm but I, I love, it, but... <laughs> I love, so personally, I love logic. Absolutely. I love Sudokus and logic puzzles. And oh, wow. I don't love, like, some of the stuff we're doing in math. Why well, how they make you show your work. Like, it's because it's two plus two, people. <laughs> Yeah, when I try to help my son with his math, I'm like, oh, man, I'm so sorry you have to do all this because, you know, it's, I know it's the whole show your work thing, but it, it's gone overboard in my opinion. Yeah, but, but I would just say that math, you know, but, but I have to use math because what I do as a percussionist especially is dividing subdivisions, you know, listening for twos, threes, and fours, and grace notes, mm-hmm. and patterns. It's long patterns. It's short patterns. It's like, it's, it's all that. Yeah. And so, and I have to teach that, so. But I just, for some reason, I feel like there's this stereotype that artists don't like math and science. And it's just, like, for some reason, this is something that I have in my brain. Like, artists, musicians, and painters, and, like, even dancers don't like math and science. Oh, you're just talking about the left left brain, right brain thing? I guess. Yeah, I, I, I think that is a stereotype. But, you know, stereotypes are sort of always... A grain of truth, right? Yeah. There's always a, that's what a stereotype is. They started from some sort of grain of truth, and it's a lot of it's anecdotal. I mean, I know, I know. Just in my drum line, I have my lead marimba guy, who's I'm actually going to hire him back next year because he's going to be around. But he's he's going to be an engineer, like he's going to be. I want him to run for president. He's such a good guy, <laughs> but he's very mathematically inclined. Very, and I, and I have several kids, including my son, who's very good at math. They hate it, but they do it. But uh, they're in like calc and all this stuff, and I'm like, we never had to take calc when I was in high school. The math requirements have changed, so I think that that's just um, it's like any any sort of stereotype, you know. It's like drummers are dumb. Well, actually, we're the highest skill set in the entire band. Yeah. And in the symphony, guess who gets paid the most? The timpani <laughs> player. Yeah. 
drummers, the drums and the bass, they lead the, the they lead the band. They keep everyone on beat. Yeah, there's that, but we're also the highest skill set because we have not just one instrument. We have a whole family of instruments. Mm. So, yeah, we have all the mallet instruments, all the small percussion, timp, drum set, everything. So, so we're going to go into your current career. How did you go from, like, college and, like, selling windows and doors to teaching 25 to 30 students and yeah. drumline and all that. Yeah. Well, after I I'll try to keep this short. After I Okay, so I went through high school and then I was, you know, dating my husband who was a, a drummer and he's an English teacher. So, we actually took turns finishing school and so we both went to CCC. I went three years because I was a year ahead. You know, changed that that major, so so I could be happy. And my parents just finally accepted it, <laughs> let me stay there. So so when I was when I was performing at Clackamas Community College, you know, I was starting to get some pretty good skill sets under my belt. So I was playing a lot of heavy duty, and then then I decided to get married at twenty one. And so it was like we were so stupid. It was like. <laughs> In 1986, and we're like, well, who's going to make the money? <laughs> we didn't even realize. We just like, let's get married, you know, and uh, we didn't even think about, oh, well, we have to pay rent and stuff now. We were, we were just young and in love, you know, and wanting to, and we were in our band. My band, Here Comes Everybody, is also a big influence on what I do. But there were two drummers in the band, so I had to end up playing keyboards in the band to write the music. So I didn't play as much drums with him, but I played with other bands. So so during the time that we decided that he would go to college first, I happened to get a job up at Lewis and Clark. And it was just a fluke because I was like, well, I need a job because I was working at this horrible place. And so I got a job at Lewis and Clark. And what happened was I was able to put, it was in the business office. See, I was using my backup degree. I And all this time just gigging a lot with my band. So we made like some money on the extra on the side, you know, doing that. But so I put him through school for free because they had this tuition remission policy. So he got his BA in English at Lewis and Clark for nothing, which was huge because that's like a lot. Lewis and Clark's a spendy school. It's a spendy private school. And so, but we were like living lean, man, very lean. We paid two hundred and seventy-five dollars a month in our little crappy little place that we stayed and had a dog and everything. And you can't even survive on that now. So. He went through school, and then I decided to go. And then he also got his MAT, which is a teaching certificate, so he could be a teacher. And then it was my turn to finish. And so I finished my music degree at Lewis and Clark, but we had to pay for mine. So, But for him to go to school for free was a huge thing. But all the time, I was like kind of teaching a few lessons on the side, but mostly working at Lewis and Clark. And then... I started to take a few students on after I graduated. I got that job at the door window place because I was like not confident to just do it. And then I had a, a parent, a parent. You know, I started teaching a couple people in the in the Selwood area. So I was living right across from the school. And I, and I remember her talking to me, and she was so nice. She just said, "You should just do this," and I was like, "Okay." 
You know, if, I, I mean, I was just had to get out of my own way. You know, I was there was so much fear from all the the dialogue I've been given growing up. Like, you can't do this for a living. You shouldn't do this for a living. Mm-hmm. You'll never make it. I had to just kind of have someone give me permission. And it was really weird because as soon as I did that, the mom started talking. I started getting all these students, and I was doing both for a really long time. And you know, even working part time. And then then fast forward to all these years, I was teaching used to go to people's homes and teach, but I hated that because they were rich people who didn't care, and I would show up, their kids were in hot tubs and not wanting a lesson. It was just ridiculous. And so so I just kind of started teaching more and more to the point where I'm just like, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm just going to teach. And then I started getting other gigs, more and more gigs. So the more you do it, the more you get noticed. But you got you have to be able to back it up, though, you know. You can't be crappy. You have to be a good player. You have to be able to read your music. You have to do the job. And also playing in the band, people knew who I was, too. So you said something kind of at the beginning of all of that about college helping you get... I'm trying to remember what you said, but it was something about gaining a lot of skills from college. Yes, absolutely. When I was done putting my husband through school it was my turn <laughs> right and I was really unhappy at that time because I'm like dang it you know I just I don't, I don't want to just work in the business office because I worked there for five years you know and he was done and I was like okay it's my turn to go finish my degree the reason um and of course this whole time we're gigging like crazy I mean we're 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 playing everywhere and anywhere and releasing albums and getting on TV and the radio and all this stuff and just trying to make it happen you know but I decided that I just needed to go back and get be competitive I needed to to have the skills to be competitive in the music business so in order to do that I needed to immerse myself in a percussion performance degree so it's what I did so I came out of that with some serious skills you know because I was already kind of good, and then I then I learned all the things to back it up. And I had been taking lessons since I was 12, mm-hmm. you know, and playing. So it, it was always just a huge part of what I did. I really kind of miss being a backup at Lewis and Clark and just spending four hours a day in it with my concert marimba in the closet. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I used to do that. Yeah, I, of the other majors up at Lewis and Clark, they'd be like, I'm like, how many classes do you have? And they go, three, it's so hard. I'm like, shut up. I have six, and I'm in rehearsal all the time. It's because music credits are very small, because there's so much to learn. It's a very, very immersive, high-skill, time-consuming thing to do. It's not for the faint of heart. But all of those things prepared me to do what I do now, because, and just knowing people, you know, all my teachers started referring me, and that's like right now I'm I'm so honored to be even teaching at like this drumline camp that I teach at in the summer with like some of the best drummers in the nation. Like it's a huge feather in my cap. I'm one of the only females battery people there too. We're talking about how you Okay, sorry. Let me just clarify that you were the person doing a lot of the like calling clubs. Oh yeah, and... I was the manager, booker musician, songwriter. So how did you prioritize your time and (laughs) energy? you got to be careful with that in the music business because it can eat you up. And there was a point, I remember back near 2000, 
where we were playing <laughs> almost every weekend and we were touring and we were doing all this stuff and I really wasn't paying much attention to other things like my marriage. So we had kind of a big blow up there, almost didn't stay married. Some things happened. So it can kind of take over your, your time in an unhealthy way. So you have to find the balance. It's like, you know, make sure you get away from it, get some perspective. Because I was getting ready to, I had my own music label. We were going to hire interns. We were doing the whole thing. And it was just like, it was all consuming. That's all I ever did. And, you know, we had some good things come out of it. But at what cost, you know? So I had to kind of pull back and take care of myself. So we just stopped like a year and took care of business you know yeah so you, so you have to balance your time you know I used to have like a, a day planner and now everything's on my eye calendar now like I, if it's not on that calendar it doesn't happen it's all color coded you know I have to you have to schedule in downtime and you have to be very you know you, you don't have to say yes to everything but at first when you're starting you want to say yes to everything yes yes I'll do that for 50 bucks yes I'll come in do this clinic because you never know where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. I mean... You never know who's going to be there. Well, yeah. And hear you. Yeah, then you get more gigs from that. So it's very much networking and being accessible and being good at what you do all goes hand in hand. And I think that could work for anything, whether it's it's music or, or selling cupcakes. I mean, if you're good at what you do, people are going to find out. But you also have to be easy to work with and accessible and diverse. You can't just be like, I'm going to... I'm going to play rock and roll triangle for the rest of my life, man. <laughs> well, I don't think you're going to make a living doing music doing that. So you were talking about scaffolding earlier. It's like, yeah, I've, I've made it to the point where I can do what I want now because I've gotten good enough to where people know that they can call me if they need this, this, and this, and this, which is very diverse. Slightly random, but would you say that you're a role model for your like students yeah I've been told that yeah I think so especially try to role model for females because there's just not enough of them out there there's just we're just not they need to you need to see it in order to be it right Mm -hmm. and so it's not just uh, the skill sets that I teach but the fact that they can see themselves in me and I can share with them the struggles I've had in a male-dominated area because what I do is very male-dominated, always has been, it still continues to be. The music industry in general, I mean, you have breakout people now, like I don't know how much Beyonce's worth, but she had a lot of help. But I'm just saying that, you know, for for me being in a, in a, a percussionist, in, in, I think it's definitely a role model. When, when I've taken the drum line out and played... For kids, I've actually had question-answer sessions. Like, we we tried to do a little bit of that at MLC, but we were Mm -hmm. short on time. Literally, we had just got done playing, and they see the girls in my drumline, and and I still get hands up from little girls going, so girls can be in drumline? I'm like, oh, my God, what did you just see? Who am I? (laughs) Right? And so it, it, it amazes me that that is still not visible to them. And so I belong to... Things like Drummer Girls United, which is a very large online presence. I write for TomTom Magazine. So, yeah, I, I, I hope that I'm a, a role model. But I also don't want to act like a, a scared little girl because you can't be like that. Like, that's got to go away if you want to be successful in the music business. Yeah, and you need to be good. You can't be just kind of good for a girl. And that's what I see a lot of out there. 
like girls playing the drums and everybody goes, oh, you're so good. And I'm like, oh my God, she's so bad. You know, <laughs> like don't rep- represent us like that. So I want my students, whether they're male, female, male, female or other, because I have all kinds, to be able to back up their musicianship with, with you know, to, to be a good musician and be a responsible human, be a good human. <laughs> I'm also role models for men too. For guys. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You're a role model for your students, and yeah. that's all Absolutely. of your students. Well, my son, right now, I, never, I, I guess I really didn't know how much. He's 16 now, and he's studying with one of the best rudimental snare drummers in the world right now, and he's so good. He's just passed me up on that level. He still can't play drum set yet, but <laughs> so I can lord that over him. But I know I'm his role model, but. You know, when it's your own kid, they don't always tell you, but it does come out sometimes. So, so what are some of the skills that you teach or emphasize to your students? How to perform, and how to get up in front of and, and introduce yourself to an audience. I had I had both my recitals for my my drum students, and my piano students in the last week. And they have to get up and they have to introduce themselves. I have a little six-year-old getting up, introducing themselves and saying what they're going to play and then doing doing their job and then coming back and then relating to the audience. So there's a lot of interpersonal, professional like, you know, types of relating to other people, but also playing beautiful music for other people and relating in that way and, and hitting an emotional point with people. So not just the nuts and bolts and mechanics of music, which I can definitely teach all of that because I've been doing it for years, but interpersonal skills, communication skills. Public speaking. Public speaking. Which um, is something kids these days hate so much, and I don't know why. Well, because they sit behind a computer. <laughs> well, and they, they no. play. <laughs> yeah. They play whatever, Minecraft. They don't, they don't get out and talk to anybody. They, they're different online. No, no. but I... I'm very different. I love public speaking. I I love doing like plays and yeah. just in general and like talking to people. I have a public speaking badge on my awesome. right here. Oh, it's pretty too. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, but just people. Hate. You have a lot of badges, by the way. That's oh, awesome. Yeah, I, you have lots of bling on. That's pretty cool. Look at you. I love it. I love showing off my uniform. Uh, exactly. It's one of my proudest. You things. should it's like. Yeah, you should. Sports people like trophies. I like my uniform. You get to wear your trophies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, but I think the skill sets are not just technical. It's 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 communicate a lot of communication and a lot of problem solving because what we do is we we have a goal, goal setting. We struggle to make the goal, then we achieve the goal, then we set another higher goal. And so those are kind of things that serve people in a lot of deadlines like how to make a deadline, or if it's not going to work, how are we going to make it so we can make the deadline? So there's a lot of just life skills, because music skills and music lessons are life lessons. They absolutely are. You know, just how to be nice to people. <laughs> little. <laughs> Which is kind of missing in the society right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Small little self-promotion, or not really self, but if there are any, if there are any listeners who like doing those sorts of things or who want to um, get those skills, you don't just, uh, that's not just a, like, music thing, that's also a very Girl Scouts thing. Mm-hmm. 
girlscouts.org slash join. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I did for some reason, I do have like a lot of boys, actually, I haven't had a lot of girls, but Eagle Scouts, you know, they have come through my drumline for one reason. And I think it's because the values align because a drumline is, is very, we run a tight ship, we have fun, it's a lot of camaraderie, mm-hmm. and we, we achieve some skill, we compete, you know, but we're also good sportsmen, you know, and yeah. so the, the skill sets really line up. I mean, I know nothing about Eagle Scouts, but yeah. it is a lot of, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of the things that you're saying about like goal setting, and then I think of cookie sales, and mm-hmm. just like a lot of the things that you're saying are things that I've learned through Girl Scouts, and so. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, if, it's if it helps you like move about in the world a little easier, do it, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and being a musician, you, you kind of have to, if you're going to get it and perform in front of anybody, there's a whole list of things you have to be able to do in order to do that. And, you know, it helps, it's no, it's no, I don't know, it's just no secret that musicians have, stay in school longer, have higher grade point averages, they yeah. just do better. Can you talk a little bit about how it's, like, the current, I don't know, I don't want to, I'm not 100% sure because I'm not a musician in mm-hmm. any sense. Current scene. Yeah, how it's different from when you were going to college and all of that. Maybe touch a little bit on some of the internalized misogyny of like girls can't be drummers and just kind of like <clears throat> all of that. Well, I'll start with how things are different from when I was going to college and how they're different now for musicians going to college. Is that what you're interested mm-hmm. in? When I was going to college, it was sort of the internet was just kind of new. <laughs> so you had to do everything by hand. Like I remember even when I was really young, in order to learn a song, I had to go back and forth to the stereo and drop the needle or push the cassette over and over and over. So I got lots of exercise going between my drum set and like, what was that part again? So you couldn't just go boop, boop, boop on your computer or your phone and listen to it again. That's right next to you. Yeah, you know, the headphones were really clunky and all that. So so it's like physically, it was harder to learn music. And it was... And it was, uh, there were more barriers, I think, especially for girls, because it's like, I, I remember when I was asked to finally teach it at my teacher's drum shop, the other teachers that were there were not, you guys, you can have this room, and it was full of pop cans and garbage. And I'm like, thanks, you know, so just, just kind of being treated like garbage back then, like, oh, you know, you're just here because so-and-so let you. Not because you actually have any skills. So it was, always, it was constantly always having to demonstrate back then. And so I just did. I just made sure I could do that. You know, Now, I think, you know, without having... I think it's a little different now because, like, in college back then, I think there's still a lot of things that are very much the same for music majors. You have to have piano proficiency. You have to be able to take all your... Have your generals out of the way. You have to spend hours and hours in a practice room learning your instrument. You have to play with everybody's recitals you have to you know do all the required music classes you're just doing it all the time and then whatever outside interest you have is pretty much music all the time you have to have income of some kind so I I would promote music hours so now I think it's a little different is that if you decide to study music a lot of times people you know they'll go into teach when I was in the 90s when I was getting my music degree finishing up at Lewis and Clark that was when the cuts to the arts program and the music programs were just chop, chop, chop. They were just... Re- my, t- my friends who went on to get music 
teaching certificates to teach music in high school, I, I saw that there was like no jobs out there. And I saw my friends who did get their degrees to teach music had to go between two or three schools to make up a full-time day. And I'm like, screw that. I'm not doing that. I just want to play, play, play. I didn't really want to teach you know, beginning band. Although flash forward now, I end up teaching a lot of beginning people sometimes, you know, I get called in to do that sometimes. Nowadays, I think teachers are really very much needed and wanted. And so I know quite a few people getting their music teacher things, but it doesn't pay very well. You know, teachers in general don't get paid, but they, they should be for the professionals that they are. They go to school for the same amount of time, and yet they are paid not as much. So there's always the whole... You know, but but nowadays, nowadays I think in school it's a lot easier because you have the internet, you have everything at your fingertips. I also think it's easier to just sort of kind of get away with murder a little bit on your skill set <laughs> because you can like look at what I programmed. You don't really have to play it; you can just program it. You know, so I just feel kind of like if you're a serious musician, you really need to have your chops in order to do that. But that seems to be like sliding a little bit. So. What was the second question part? I was just asking you to talk a little bit about maybe some of the, I mean, outside as well, but internalized misogyny of teenagers that, like, girls can't be drummers. Oh, yeah, there's so much of that. I think there's still plenty of that now, but I think it's the landscape's changing because there are a few more role models out there. And because the, the... the internet can give you many more places to find those girls. But when I look on those websites, too, it's oversexed. I mean, the women are, like, all have their makeup on, and they're playing their drums, and they're, like, performing in a way that's... They, even if they have chops and are good, they're still relying on their own sex appeal to get likes or follows or whatever they're getting. And I'm just like, can't you just be good? You know, and the ones that are stand out. The ones that are good and don't try to like play up the whole sexual thing. I have nothing wrong with wanting to look good on camera. Don't get me wrong. You know, here's where I took feminist theory at Lewis and Clark, and so you run around angry for about three months at men. You know, (laughs) but but the whole I don't know. I think that the Instagram fast food economy, you know, fast food kind of society that we have wants something pleasing to the eye and so women tend to still go for that and I wish they would just stop and learn their instruments and be good for what they are first and so those kind of dialogues are still very much present inside even me it's like when I go to have a photo shoot I'm going to look good if I don't like the picture it's not going out you know so I'm kind of really picky about that because I I do want to look good but I don't want to be known for looking good I want to be known for being able to play yeah you know and that's why I get the calls is in the end but those dialogues are still there for women it's not going away anytime soon because everything is so over overhyped in the sexual thing you know I get really tired of it and I, and I would like women to just be able to go after what they want without feeling like they have to be a certain body type or be a certain look just like just be a musician just go for it but don't Mm -hmm. but don't rely on your looks to get it and I've been the recipient of that too I've actually written an article I haven't has it been published yet about 
merit or are, are we getting you know are female drummers and musicians getting what they want based on merit or based on something else you know the gender questions are really big for me so I can <laughs> sit there and talk about them yeah I think women just need to if they're going to go for something they just need to do it and they need to do it right find the right role models and that's advice for everything not just for music and yeah absolutely like, absolutely if you want to be a rocket scientist just do it but you better be able to back it up and but I think in music because it's such a performance based visual and oral performance experience that we have to show it more and so so what advice would you give to 13 year old you practice more <laughs> practice more as soon as you heard about the Spartans drum corps you should have joined it because nobody talked about that there was a drum corps even available until it's too late I never got to march so I should have just found out more about it and, and marched also don't be so hard on myself and start lessons sooner so, yeah. I mean, I had lessons when you when you say thirteen. That's a that's a that's a really tender age, you know. I don't know. I, I feel really good about the path that I've taken, even though there were struggles. But everybody has struggles, you know. So just practice more. Get your ducks in a row. Learn to play piano sooner. Yeah. Because you have to take it anyway. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. It really... Is there anything that you want to add that I didn't ask? Well, who's going to hear this? Teenagers. 13, 15, maybe 18. Our target audience is 13 and 15. Like mm-hmm. People who in early teens who are being asked the question what do you want to be when you grow up and they don't know and they've never been taught and yet they're expected to Mm -hmm. figure out yeah well find out what you like (laughs) find out what you like first and pursue it but don't just do one thing you know and 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 figure it out don't be lazy (laughs) so much you know don't think you can just phone stuff in You've, you've got to do your homework and you need to find someone that you can ask. Like you probably have people in your circle, family friends, that you can ask about, you know, how did so-and-so become this person, you know. And don't be afraid to ask your, your, your and read up on, your, on your, your idols, you know, like who are your heroes, who are your heroines, you know, who are the people you look up to. Don't be afraid to read up on what their path was. But there's no substitute for doing the work. There's no shortcuts. You have to do the work. And that's what I think a lot of young people just, again, the fast food society, they don't want to do the work. They just kind of want to have it, you know, order Uber and get it <laughs> or Grubhub and get it. It's, it's not throwing any, all of y'all under the bus, but I'm just saying that there's definitely a path to getting what you want and you just have to be very persistent in getting it. And then you have to be willing to make a lot of mistakes because it's going to happen. There's going to be failures, and you can't let it discourage you. Just don't. I mean, it will in the moment. It'll be like, oh, man, that really sucks. I should never do this. Well, those kind of dialogues aren't going to get you anywhere, you know. So be diverse. Have fun. If it's not fun, you're doing it wrong. 
All right. Yeah. Well, thank you.